Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well, Peggy. How are you? I am doing okay. Weather has finally turned. We are full-blown in pollen season. So, yeah, life is good. Have the allergies attacked? Yes. Well, so I didn't know it until I moved to Virginia many years ago that I think I'm allergic to cherry blossom trees. And Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. is a really bad area to live in if you are allergic to cherry blossom trees. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's, that's an unfortunate confluence of events. Because it happens every year whenever they're in bloom. Because, I mean, they're all over. They're not just down at the Tidal Basin in D.C. They're, you know, in the grocery store parking lots and at the parks and they're everywhere around here. And when they start getting pink and the crowds start coming on Metro to look at the trees, like my eyes puff up and my nose runs and I'm just miserable. So. Well, I'm so happy spring has come for you then. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're in pollen season. So that's all right though. The, the temperature's warm and the cherry blossoms won't last forever. And as soon as the pretty little, you know, allergy laden flowers drop to the ground then all will be well. Good. I'm glad that you're looking forward to that already. I am. I am. So how are you? You're good? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yes, I have no complaints. I do not have allergies, so that's a good thing. Um, and beyond that, uh, I'm, I'm interested in having a discussion about efficiency and speed as it relates to prosthetic care. I think that's a brilliant topic. Let's break it down today. Okay. Would you like to give the overview or shall I? Um, it doesn't matter. So since this, this was your brainchild, why don't you take the lead? Okay. So this was something I've been thinking about a lot for a variety of reasons, but fundamentally the interests of patients and their prosthetists can at times be in conflict with each other. Um, and part of the reason for that is just the U.S. reimbursement system, uh, which pays for prosthetics based upon the delivery of the device, which includes the cost of the related services for that device. And what that means is it's a system that is incentivizing delivery. And therefore, the more efficient you can be in terms of delivering a prosthesis, the more revenue as a prosthetic facility you can generate. But when you start talking, Peggy, about doing lots of deliveries, then sort of inherent in that, or, or at least there's certainly a tension between doing that and still being able to have strong prosthetist-patient relationships. So in this podcast, we're going to discuss a few things. First of all, uh, we're going to share our opinions and our experiences about whether we've seen a change in how patients get treated by prosthetists over the last 20 years as it relates specifically to that issue. We're going to talk uh, or share our personal opinions about the importance of a strong patient prosthetist relationship and what the elements are uh, when you have a strong patient prosthetist relationship. And then we're going to talk about what the ideal balance between efficiency and strong relationships might look like. Sounds good. All right. So you want so to start, Peggy, by talking about the last 20 years and how things have changed? And I, maybe we can talk sort of generally about, you can talk through some of the trends we've seen and uh, at sort of, I guess, what I would say is a uh, professional level from an O&P clinic perspective, and then we can share some of our personal observations. Works for me. 
um, oh my goodness, how things have changed in the last 20 years, Dave. Not only, you know, obviously in terms of technology and prosthetic options and all of that, but also, you know, in terms of how your prosthetist works with you. Um, you know, because prosthetists are paid on delivery, um, you know, there's definitely more of an incentive for them to get things done quicker and quicker. Um, and as efficiency goes up, you know, you have to keep in mind that over the last 20 years, commercial insurance rates have fallen. So they're not getting paid as much for each delivery. So therefore, they have to turn out more and more and more to generate the same revenue. Um, that comes from somewhere, right? So they're either seeing more patients through their clinics, through their facilities. And in order to do that, then sometimes the amount of time that you spend with the prosthetist lessens. Um, both of those could have a negative impact on, on your um, experience with your prosthetist. Dave, have you had any of those issues? So I, I think it's sort of interesting. The, the, the short answer is actually no. I have not seen prosthetist behavior fundamentally change, even though I think, and, and I'll explain why in a second, why that might be the case. But I will tell you just as an example, Peggy, my first prosthetist 20 years ago, very good prosthetist, but was notoriously slow. The very first time I went to him, um, the day I went to get fit, I literally waited there all day. I got there at nine in the morning and at two in the afternoon, he came to me and said, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to be able to get to you today. I sat in the waiting room for seven, like, you know, five hours. And um, so, you know, I, I think just some prosthetists act with a sense of urgency and focus on efficiency and others less so. Um, and I can tell you, I've, I've, I've seen and observed and heard stories of prosthetists who are all about the relationship, but are incredibly slow, therefore, in terms of their output. And I've seen guys and women who are very focused on their output at the expense of the relationship. What I think has changed, Peggy, especially over the last three to four years, is there has been a growing concern and realization among particularly prosthetic facilities that are larger and that are looking at industry trends more closely. I think there is a realization that a model that is based purely on just relationships and that isn't focused on efficiency in a serious way isn't going to be a sustainable business model uh, as we continue to head into the future. And uh, the key reason for that is what you talked about at the beginning, where we've seen commercial payers over the last 20 years really shift costs away from payment in, in the way that they used to pay. And um, they shifted that onto patients. And um, the result of that, uh, many patients can't pay those amounts in full. And so prosthetists have seen, as a practical matter, they've seen their actual reimbursement or collectible reimbursement drop pretty significantly over the last decade plus, um, particularly in the commercial space. And so when you've got that segment of your business that is just really not doing what it used to do, you have to start to look for other solutions. And so this efficiency concept has become a real buzzword. 
And I think it's important, Dave, to point out that there are different ways that efficiency can manifest in OMP, right? We're talking right now about, you know, more patients through the door, kind of streamlining the appointment fitting process, but prosthetists can also become more efficient and are becoming more efficient and on the back end of things, having, um, you know, more prosthetic techs helping work on the fabrication rather than, I know when I started my journey as an amputee, my prosthetist was the one who was back there actually pulling the sockets and making the adjustments. Now when I go, you know, he'll do the cast, then it goes to the back and the tech is actually pulling the sockets and that sort of thing. He very rarely now goes back and grinds things down. He'll put it in the bin and then the tech gets to it. So that's another way that prosthetists are really, that's a change that I've seen and a way that they're becoming more efficient as well. Yeah, that's a really good observation, Peggy, and it's in your you're absolutely right. It, it has moved to a model, and I and I'm not trying to compare these two things in any way, but in some ways it has moved to a model that looks more dental in nature. When you and I were kids, Peggy, the dentist did everything. You went into the office and the dentist cleaned your teeth. And today, if you go into a dentist's office, the dentist, as everyone knows, you'll see the dentist for maybe five minutes. You're getting cleaned by a hygienist. The hygienist is doing all of the work and the dentist is coming in and doing spot checking. And and in so doing, right, they're able to see many more patients more quickly and bill for more. And uh, we've seen a similar kind of trend, uh, particularly in terms of prosthetists and where they spend their time versus techs um, in the back lab, as you said, Um, that that is a real profound shift that has occurred over the last decade. Yeah. Um, so some things that, that I've also noticed um, in terms of, of the impact of the trend towards efficiency, not only the, the tech issue that we just talked about, but one negative that comes to mind is I, I am hearing more and more often about prosthetists who are less willing to let patients trial a foot or try something out in the office, even if the the sales rep is willing to come and work with the person. Um, There's less willingness kind of to take time out of an appointment schedule to give something a try to see if it works. Obviously, that's not true for every prosthetist. There's still some who who still really believe in doing that. But I'm hearing more and more that that's happening less and less often. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that is not something I've heard, Peggy. But you're a little bit closer to uh, to those issues than I am uh, in terms of talking talking to people around the United States. So uh, it's a really good insight. So, um, what does a strong relationship look like? Um, we've talked about the prosthetist patient relationship numerous times through our podcast. We actually have some tools developed. Um, to help strengthen and to help you interview your prosthetists and all of that. So invite you to check out our webpage, uh, ampedlife.org, to look at those resources. But off the top of my head, Dave, you really have to have a chance to, to be open and the opportunity to express how your, your, your prosthesis is feeling, how you're feeling, what your real goals are. You know, again, if the prosthetist is rushed and kind of in and out, um, sometimes the, the opportunity for communication is stymied and really, really limited. And that can, that can work 
to your disadvantage if you feel like, you know, he or she kind of just swoops in, does what they want and really wants you out the door. Um, it's really hard to, to develop that relationship and to develop that rapport, especially if you feel like you're not being heard. Um, you really, you know, and I'm, as I'm talking this out, I'm thinking of another change is that my prosthetist used to be the one to sit with me and really kind of go over everything. How's it feeling? What are you looking to change? You know, all of that kind of front end stuff. And now uh, he has an assistant who actually comes into the office first with her little computer and sits down and takes in my intake, which goes through the, you know, are you happy with your suspension system? What do you want to do? What don't you want to do? And inputs it all on the computer. So I'm actually no longer even having that conversation with my prosthetist. I'm having it with an assistant who then is relaying the information. Now I still have the opportunity to discuss those issues with him, but they're broached and answered with somebody else. And that's probably um, in the quest for efficiency as well. Yeah, uh, I, I think I, I think that that is not probably an uncommon experience, Peggy. So uh, those are really, really good observations in terms of what does a strong relationship, what should it look like? And I think that then brings us to sort of to the crux of the issue, which is what's the ideal balance in uh, in modern O and P care look like? And so um, we, I think, Peggy, and I'll put it out there. Um, that I think that most patients are looking for the following type of efficiency. Uh, I think where they want speed and flexibility is being seen when they need to be seen. So not having to wait two or three weeks for an appointment. Um, similarly, once in the facility, not having to wait forever to receive treatment, not having the Dave McGill, I'm a new amputee experience, show up at nine and at two get told, you know what, we're too busy to even see you today at all. Um, and then when you do have work being performed under being, exp uh, having explained to you what the timelines are and those timelines appearing objectively reasonable, given the severity of the issue, I think that's where patients are probably looking for efficiency and they want speed and clarity there. What I don't think patients are looking for is efficiency at the expense of relationship building with the prosthetist. I think the time with the prosthetist is just as important today as it has always been. So um, you can't develop an effective relationship with your prosthetist if he or she comes in the room and just starts going through a script and asks you questions for three minutes and then leaves the room. That's going to be a very clinical antiseptic kind of experience and it's not going to be one that engenders a lot of trust or uh, strength of relationship between you and your caregiver. Um, stated a different way, Peggy, I think that time spent talking with patients has enormous value, both for the clinician and for the patient. Um, it allows the prosthetist to better understand the patient's lifestyle and needs, and it allows the patient to become a more active partner in their own health care if that's what they want. Uh, so, you know, this is something that I think is, it's a really interesting thing to keep your eye on because I know if you read any books about healthcare and how hospitals particularly are trying to make the patient care experience better, they're trying to figure out how to balance this. And there's a lot of talk about what a doctor should say to a patient when, and, 
and so that they can be really efficient, but still try to have the, the at least the appearance of an actual relationship. And I don't know that I believe a lot of that stuff in terms of when they say doctors should ask this type of question at this specific time. I don't know how much I, I love that concept, um, even though there may be some data that backs it up. I just think that particularly in prosthetics where the relationship is so important, coming in and treating the patient like a human being and spending some real time with them, even though that may decrease your, quote, efficiency at one level, I, I think there is, you know, there is a point to which you can do that that just pays dividends that you can't really quantify all that well. Well, Dave, I think if you take, if prosthetists continue to take the time with their patients to discuss any issues that they're really having and to really understand what's going on rather than just the checklist approach, I think that it would increase efficiency on one level because you wouldn't have to make as many adjustments or changes or modifications, um, or you wouldn't kind of have so many mishits so many times if you actually listen to what is going on. Um, you're, you have a higher chance of kind of getting it in the ballpark and getting it correct the first time. So I think that that's something else, um, you know, for to, to consider when thinking about the prosthetist-patient relationship and why it's so important. Yeah, and I and I think maybe that another way to express the tension, Peggy, is simply that if if a prosthetist is coming in and trying to race through a number of things that they just have to get through because they know they've got five more patients stacked up behind you, then sort of the nature of that interaction is one where you as the patient are an object to them. I mean, they may like you personally as a human being, but they don't really, they're not seeing you as a human being as much in that moment. They're not necessarily treating you uh, like a human being, right? You are something that has to be managed through so that they can get to the next thing to be managed through. And that's something that I think patients in general, not just people with limb loss, limb difference, I think patients in general sense that innately. And it's one of the things that makes the modern patient care experience in many ways so unfulfilling. It's that feeling that you are just a cog in this larger healthcare machine and the doctor is trying to race through you, the prosthetist is trying to race through you, the PT is trying to race through you to get to the next person. And patients get that. It's, it's, that doesn't, there's no way to kind of mask that and make it feel good, you know? Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Um, it's a really frustrating position to be in. Probably for both sides. I mean, I'm not a healthcare professional, but I can imagine if I was in that situation, that's not why you went into the profession. That's not why you went to school. That's not the passion that drove you was to kind of go through, you know, your appointment book for the day, trying to get as many deliveries as possible. That's not, that's not what drove, drove them to get into this profession. So it's got to be very frustrating on that end too. And I'm sure that that's why the burnout is, is I, I, I'm hearing more and more about, you know, prosthetists selling and changing too. So I think that it, it's all going together between that and the audits and, and frustrations with insurance to the point where, you know, you just close up shop and walk away. No question that that's happening. And I've, you know, I, I, as a result of some of the boards of directors I've been, I, I've been lucky enough to serve on um, within the O&P profession, I get to see and, and talk to a lot of these particularly older prosthetists because the people who occupy those boards often tend to be older, more experienced. 
clinicians, and you just hit it on the head, Peggy, there is a high degree of frustration because they they know an era, they remember an era where it wasn't always that way. And now seeing how things, you know, from their perspective, how things have changed, um, they really feel that just filling out paperwork is is the dominant characteristic of patient care, and it's no longer allowing them to be in front of patients the way that they were historically. And that was the reason why they got up every morning when they started. So it's it's definitely, uh, that's definitely a huge part of the problem. Yeah. So, you know, efficiency, Dave, it's a double-edged sword, right? As we summarize, um, it can make the patient's experience better. If you have a, a very efficient prosthetist, you're going to be seen in a timely manner. There's going to be quick turnaround. There's going to be quick resolution when there are issues. Unfortunately, that can come at the price of communication, relationship building, um, and really feeling like you're heard and that you matter. Um, but it's it's here to stay, right? Efficiency is definitely, it's here now. It's going to be the trend in the future. Um, you know, the reality is, is that the prosthetist gets paid upon delivery of the device. So they're not paid for their time sitting in the office getting to know you, getting to know, you know, what your preferences are, what your goals are. All of that is still very important information. But when they're looking at their ledger at the end of the month, that's not what's paying the bills. That's right. And I think the last thing to emphasize here as we wrap up, Peggy, is that I think that you, I, and everyone with limb loss, limb difference does have an active role to play in this. And a few observations, you know, one, if you're, if you feel like you're getting short change in terms of time with your prosthetist, raise the issue. Simply say, look, I, this isn't, this doesn't feel like a great experience. I'm not being heard. And, you know, I don't think prosthetists, th- th- in no way should our discussion of this point be taken as suggesting that prosthetists want to be practicing this way. I think if prosthetists could freely spend as much time as they wanted to with every patient, they would, because I think many of them, and perhaps most of them, really enjoy the patient interaction. That's why they got into this business. Um, So, you know, simply flagging it for them and slowing them down can be helpful because they are under pressure and uh, they want the good relationship, but sometimes they just need a little bit of a shot across the bat to remember, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm under so much pressure that maybe I'm, I'm missing the larger picture here in at least this instance. Another thing to pay attention to is many prosthetic facilities now will send you satisfaction surveys either immediately after the visit um, via email, or they may even ask you to fill out a patient satisfaction survey um, while you are still in the office, use those surveys because they actually allow you to register concerns, frustrations in a very clear way. And that is something that uh, the, the companies that are doing that actually want the data and they want to use that data in particular to be able to market themselves to referral sources, to hospitals and healthcare systems and physicians. And if their data isn't any good, then it becomes a real problem for them. So they actually are likely to respond to that. And finally, and sadly, if you're unhappy and nothing's changing and you've done these other things, you just may have to consider other options because if you can't, if you cannot get a prosthetist to 
try to engage with you and have a meaningful relationship, then may, that's probably a pretty good sign that that may not be the right person for you to work with. And we talked about that in a podcast on, you know, when it's, when it's time to break up with your prosthetist. I don't remember what number that was, um, but it was a good, it was a good podcast. So if you find yourself kind of listening to this episode thinking, yeah, I'm going through that. Yeah, I tried the survey. You know, I still don't feel like I'm being heard. Maybe I do need to go somewhere else. You know, I encourage you to go back in our archives and, and listen to that one as well. Really good advice, Peggy. Well, I think we have covered this one in its entirety now. Thank you so much for your insight on this. It was a good one. It, I'm glad you brought this topic to my attention. This is a good one. Fun one to talk was, about. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Well, listen, have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon. All right, you too. Bye. Take care. Bye.